Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is February 22nd, 2017, and we're having a marathon this week. What am I talking about? Oh, you might have missed the show yesterday. Had a great time chatting with an author yesterday. That was part of Living the Indie Author Life Take 4, Timothy Bateson. You'll have to check that out. We had a, a fabulous conversation that, of course, took a side track because that's just what I do here periodically. So we ended up talking about sparkly vampires and werewolves. And that actually is related to what he writes. We just happen to talk about a bunch of other stuff. So lots of fun. Great time. Listen to that. That's in the archive. There's a lot of great shows in the archive. Been doing this for a while now. So you know, lots of things you may have missed. Lots of juicy tidbits you should go back and listen to. Even if you already heard them, you should go back and just remind yourself. You know, retrieve the memories, basically. Okay, that's on my brain right now because um, I had to take a quiz today about retrieval in the information processing system of our brain. And so that's in my head. And I had a lot of fun because I created a whole visual aid for myself and then turned that into a YouTube video, really short, like 14 seconds. But I didn't make it public. I made it private for my classmates. Sorry. But it's all about the information processing system and how that essentially works in visual form. I just, I had a great time doing it. So that's on my brain today, but at any rate, go check the things out in the archives because there's some awesome information available to you and it's all free, of course. So uh, this brain to book cyber convention thing, hoo-ha, doo whatever, it's all going on. Okay, not yet. It comes out uh, the first week in April. Now brain to book is a huge event Lots of fun stuff going on. There's, I don't even know how many authors at this point participating, but pretty much all the authors that participate also give away lots of cool stuff, not just books, but other swag. So if you're a reader and you want to get exposed to a lot of different cool authors, this would be the event for you. If you're an author and you want to be able to get a little bit more exposure and meet some new readers, this would be the event for you. So what I'm doing is I'm talking with a lot of those authors in this, what I'm calling living the indie author life um, with each one of those authors. And tonight is no different. I have Logan coming on in just a couple seconds, and she's going to tell us all about her writing and why she writes and why she wants to be an indie author, all of that wonderful stuff, because, you know, we got to talk about that. We might have to talk about tea, too, because I read somewhere that she likes to drink tea. So let's find out what kind of tea she likes to drink, you know, just, just for giggles. Cause you know, that's part of my life too. Most of you who listen know that, but in case that's what's going on here. Um, I also finally decided to get back to my yoga practice. It's been about 13 years, I think, or so since I had a, an official yoga practice. I've, I've practiced two days in a row, so I can't officially say it's, <laughs> it's a habit or anything yet. Um, but I did do two days of uh, yoga. Now, part of this is because I have a 
positive psychology course that I'm taking right now. And we're trying all these different activities and we're in a unit right now in meditation. And I, as you know, have a really hard time with meditation and I'm trying different ways to bring meditation back into my life because I did used to meditate many years ago. So I'm trying to do that. And, and my latest um, attempt is to do that through yoga. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But for now, let's bring on our guest, Logan, to the program. Logan, welcome back, Porch Rider. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you could be here. So I said, I'm going to start with tea because <laughs> it's in my head. <laughs> and I read somewhere that you like tea. So what's your favorite tea? Well, I don't know if I have a favorite. Right now I really like green chai. I didn't know that you could mix the two. I'm kind of, I don't know a ton about tea, but it combines green tea with chai. And I don't know if you've ever had chai, but it's absolutely delicious. It's all the rave right now. So (laughs) it's really good. Uh I'm actually a tea merchant. (laughs) Oh, awesome. That's what I've done. more about tea. I know a lot about tea. I've been doing it for 13 years. I'm a custom blender. And so I, oh my I, do a, I do a lot of blending, or I have. I've got over 100 different blends in my line, just blends no that I do. Yeah, oh my so goodness. very familiar. What, what's your shop called? The Tea Trove. The Tea actually. Trove. Yeah. Okay. And I, I actually, you won't find it online right now because I took the website down because I started graduate school. So I took the website down. It's been 13 years, and it's the first time I took the website down because I said I cannot Aww. do everything. And yeah. so I, I've been filling. I fill orders, but I just I, I do it with existing customers for the most part. But the first tea I ever blended was a chai, actually, because no I way. love chai. Yeah, love yeah. chai. I, did, so I didn't yummy. do a green tea one, though. I did a black tea one. <laughs> but I've got, I've got a whole line of chais. I've got like nine different chais. Okay, someday, whenever <laughs> yeah. whenever your store is back up, I'll be your first customer. <laughs> well, you know, since you've met me now, you can always just ask me about stuff and, in an email, and I'll let you know what's yes. going on. <laughs> Absolutely. Please yeah, do. I have, my own little, I have my own little tea blending building and everything. So that's, that's, that's so been neat. a huge part of my life for a long time. So chai, green tea-based chai. That's, that is wonderful and nice. Now, I also read that you like um, hiking in the mountains. I do. So whereabouts do you live? I live you? right now in northern Utah. I'm from western Idaho. So a lot of mountain country around mm. here, which is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, my husband and I love to go on hikes, especially during the summer. Because during the winter, you know, it's a lot of trekking through snow and I'm just not about that. So <laughs> summertime, <laughs> summertime is optimal for outdoor adventures, in my opinion, although a lot of people around here like to ski. I do like to ski. I'm just not very good at it. But, you know, can't have it all. I affectionately, I affectionately call that going down the mountain on my butt. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> Oh no, no, you're not. I the one and only time I went skiing, I was I used to live in uh, Colorado, but this is actually before I lived there. I went there to go skiing um, with someone, and that person knew how to ski. I didn't. I was doing really well on the bunny slope, and then that person said we should go up, you know, to like a mountain or something. <laughs> I was thinking, why would I do that? I'm doing well on the bunny slope. 
know. So then I I I didn't even know how to get off those ski chair things. You know, I mean that was oh, terrifying. Oh yes. It was terrifying. So yes. I finally get off, and I was I was at the top of some little mountain, right? And I start to go down, and I I biff it. I just totally wipe out. At one point, I wiped out so badly that this, you know, the ski lift is up above me where I wiped out, and the people in the chair on the ski lift looked down and yelled, are you okay? Oh, no. <laughs> so, and then a group of kids who were getting ski lessons kind of went past me and just giggled. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, I've had similar experiences, and it can kind of scar you for life a little bit. <laughs> You know, I I laugh about it because it really is entertaining to sit and think about how that happened. I had a lot of bruises. <laughs> I bruise easily, but I had a lot of bruises from that. Yes, I, I believe it. I believe it. I, I was very thankful to just get down the mountain. I never went back up, actually. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Just stay down at the bottom in the loft, drink some tea or whatever. You know, hot chocolate, whatever. Yeah. Be safe. I don't know what those people yes. are thinking, but it's a lot better at the bottom. <laughs> it is. It. I. I actually really agree with you. Unless it's summertime, then then climbing a mountain is, I think, a lot, a lot more enjoyable. So how hot? Our our oldest son is actually in Utah now, and uh, we, oh, wow. and I have not. Yeah, we haven't been to Utah in a long time. He and I. It's been years. Um, although he was there last year to visit our son, but in any case. I don't remember what the weather's like there in the summer. Is it really hot? It kind of depends on where you are. Um, I, the summer, the summer times where I'm at right now, which is more north um, in Utah, are actually quite nice. Um, they don't mm-hmm. get terribly hot, but I mean that's just hot's a relative term, I guess. Like, you know, it, it can range between the 80s and and the 90s Fahrenheit. So. It depends on what hot is. I think that that's kind of nice because I've lived in places where it's, you know, mid, uh, like 110 um, degrees Fahrenheit. So, yeah. <laughs> is it humid there? No, no, it's pretty dry. Um, it's hmm, pretty dry okay. around here. Yeah. So 80 to 90 dry heat, that's nothing. Mm-mm. No, it really isn't pretty, that bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Where I am. Humidity really makes it worse. Nebraska is all about humidity. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yes, yes. You know, it can get hot and humid and then just feel miserable here during the summertime. Absolutely miserable. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, that's good to know because I said I haven't spent too much time in Utah. My impression of Utah when we, when my husband and I drove through there, we had been, we were camping and going through lots of states. And my one impression that let, that stayed with me with Utah was they had no rest stops. It was like they didn't want you to stop in Utah. They just wanted you to keep driving on the, <laughs> the Please don't stop. You know, I mean, yeah, it was just, just really keep interesting. going through. Please so just pass. Nothing to see here. Just keep going. <laughs> That's pretty much the, my impression. Well, that's interesting. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel whenever I drive through, I think it's, yeah, Wyoming. That's how I feel driving through Wyoming. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. to see. Just keep going. Yeah. 
yeah. In the West, yeah, the West, I think everything is just a little more spread out. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, it, I think that's part of the part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us, you know, since you're here to talk about your writing, we probably should get to that. <laughs> oh, it's all right. When did you okay. when did you start when did you start uh writing and publishing your your work? So, I consider myself kind of a lifetime writer. I'm not I'm not really that old, but I've loved to write ever since I was little. Um I didn't really start to take myself that seriously or start to release anything until last year. Um so I released my first fantasy novella in August of 2016, and now I'm working on a new series. Um, so up until now, I don't I don't have a ton um, that I've done, but I have a lot planned out, which is fun. So what drew you to fantasy? Um, you know, I think it's mostly because I have a kind of a crazy wild imagination and I've always been that way since I was a little kid um creating your own world you know whether it's with with uh sticks or legos or whatever it be when you're when you're young and I don't know just always wanting to always wanting to create places that people and readers could go and experience other places because as a kid I was reading all the time so I loved being transported and I feel like fantasy does a good job of transporting people to other places fiction uh, non-fiction can do that as well just like it really just depends on the writer but I feel like with fantasy you just have a lot of leeway for <laughs> where you want to go Mm-hmm. Now, I thought I read on your blog you do, it's fantasy, paranormal, but your focus, your audience, is it's teens, right? Mm-hmm. Young adults? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, young adults, yeah. I I would say my fantasy novella that I just put out, I mean, it can it can be read by people as, as young as, you know, like 13 years old. I guess younger, depends on... Depends on a lot of things, but yeah, my my audience kind of ranges depending on the book. It ranges between like thirteen and I would say like mid twenties um, is the ideal audience. I've had a lot of readers read my novellas that are in outside of that age bracket and have really enjoyed it. But that's the audience that I write for. What made you decide that? Um, I think, I think I just remember enjoying books the most at that stage. And I feel like I'm still in that stage of my life. I honestly don't think I could write things mostly for adults right now, because I, in many ways, don't feel like I am an adult yet. (laughs) So I guess. You know, come back to me in like ten years, maybe I'll I'll feel more comfortable targeting an older audience. For now, I think I'll just stick with kids because I'm, you know, I guess I wouldn't say kids, but teens because I I'm basically still in many ways a teenager. 
That's so funny because I, I generally, out of all of the different groups I could target, that's the one that I don't try to target. Really? <laughs> yeah. I actually don't. And part of it is, you know, I don't really want to relive that, that, that whole teen anger yeah. period. <laughs> it just doesn't, does not appeal to me at all. Uh, and yet I can write, I like middle grade. I like, mm-hmm. you know, younger, you know, children, really children, children's fiction that, you know, grade school. And I like adult, but that whole young adult teen group, mm, not going there. Nine times soon. No, those were those were some dark times. I'll agree with you. That was, you know, I think everyone looks back on that time and probably cringes a little bit. But yeah, I, I can totally respect that. <laughs> so you mentioned you've got a, a series that you're working on. So tell yes. me a little bit about that. So it's a series that I've been, I've rewritten, I think this will be my third time that I'm kind of starting over with it because I finally found where I want to go. So I've, I focused, my first novella isn't anything to do with this, but I'm focused mainly um, with all of my book ideas on Celtic mythology, um, which just has always just fascinated me because I lived there um during my senior year of high school. So um, the uh, premise for the book, it's about a teenage girl, <laughs> and she gets uh, whisked away into this magical world that still exists, this, um, this land of Celtic legends. And I don't know if you've ever heard, like, I'm, most people recognize, you know, the, um, the she or the fairies, not so much as like Tinkerbell, but the Celtic gods version of fairies. So that's kind of what it's about. This girl who gets whisked away into that land and um, the decisions she has to make and things she needs to overcome and eventually um, whether or not she can survive there. So kind of an um a portal fantasy mm. story kind of slash paranormal story. So Okay. So you did this because you had spent time in Ireland, is that right? Uh-huh. And and that's what where you got the idea. So Yeah, yeah. So how much research did you have to do for oh. your your book to make this <laughs> work that was a great question and, and I did feel like... you did you do any of it while you were actually in Ireland because I know you said you did visit while you were in high school I mean it you were always mm-hmm. writing and always like to write so yeah that yeah I I did start doing a lot of research when I moved to Ireland that's when I first came up with um some of these new ideas for um, these new series that I'm going to write, and I started doing a ton of research, um, a lot more in the years to follow. But I would say, when it comes to um, when it comes to writing about a magical world that kind of already exists, as in you know whether it's like um, 
Celtic mythology or Greek mythology or something that's been around for a long time, it's kinda it kinda can get messy. Like you don't want to tamper with things that have been around for a long time. If you're writing about some sort of a creature or a god or a person that thousands of other people have told stories about forever, um, I you know, there's a lot there's a lot of research to do. You don't wanna, you know, put something out there and offend someone who knows a lot more than you. So but at the same time I think doing getting surrounded by all of that research and never releasing anything or never and never being brave enough to write anything, um, that's a slippery slope because it's easy to never feel ready when you have so mm-hmm. much research to do. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's how I've felt in the past, you know. Well, that's an interesting point you bring up though about when you're researching something that is so well known. When I was talking with Timothy Bateson uh yesterday, we got off on the topic of vampires and, and um, werewolves and things like that. And that lore yes. has been around forever, right? And it's yes. been done really well. So and it's true. Been not so, you know, done not so well. Uh, sparkly vampires, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. But even though I don't, <laughs> even though I don't like that, I don't like the whole sparkly vampire concept. The fact that, she was willing to go out on a limb and do something that was different than what was expected. That I can respect. That took courage to do that. As much as I tease and make fun of it, <laughs> that took courage to actually do it in the face yeah. of people who really know that particular uh, mythology. You know, and I'm one of those people Absolutely. who I love vampire lore. You know, so it, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I don't like sparkly vampires, but I respect the fact that she went out on a limb. So that it sounds like you know this is something you're cognizant of, and that's that's a good thing. So yeah, let me ask you this: since you're you're just starting out with your your career, I read what you wrote in your comments on Calendly, my scheduling tool, in terms of marketing and advice and things like that. And some of the stuff you mentioned was to really educate oneself, um, particularly when it came to marketing. And you mentioned some some players like Mark Dawson and. Uh, Joanna Penn and and some others and things. Aside from that, what would you say is the number one thing that you learned from, you know, a year ago to now? What's the number one thing you've learned about the writing indie publishing business? Hmm. The number one thing, you know, I, the first thing that comes to mind, which might be unexpected for some people is finding because I really think that writing a book takes a village Um, I would say finding your team it doesn't mean like a team of people that you have to pay exactly Um, I think most writers at least from what I've seen I have so many friends who have tried to just go it alone I tried to go it alone Um, I would say find a group of writers like-minded people um, who have more knowledge, more experience than you, and some who don't. Surround yourself with those kind of people. Um, Have frequent meetings. um, Keep each other accountable for what you're doing. Critique each other's work. I would say find find a a great editor that you feel comfortable with. Um, You know, people to 
are great with graphic design for covers and things like that. Just surround yourself with people who are as obsessed with what you're doing as you are um, because it really makes a difference. I would not be where I am today if I, I know that my first book wouldn't have would never have been released if I hadn't have found a tribe. So I'd say that's that's probably my number one. Mm-hmm. So real quick, why don't you explain to everybody why in you know thirty seconds or less <laughs> why yeah. why did you choose why did you choose the indie route versus a traditional publishing route? Yeah. Okay. So I was, I went to a writer's digest conference this last year, my first ever. Um, and right before the conference, I was, I was determined to pitch my manuscript for my fantasy novella, um, to an agent and find a publisher, even if it took a long time right before I left, I was just doing so much research and decided that for now, my personality just works with um, being a self-published author because I kind of like to have all the control. And I also, <laughs> I know it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but I really do. Like, I want, I want to control it all. And I also, um, I didn't want to have to wait to go through the traditional process. I wanted to start feeding my readers um, something right now to build my audience. Um, I have friends who are on both sides, and I think that honestly, to decide which one is best for you, you can you just do so much research, figure out what the difference is, and because I don't think that there's a wrong or a right way. It just depends on the writer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more, and it, I also think that it's entirely fine to be both. There are yes. plenty of authors who are indie authors. Well, they're hybrid authors. You know, they do the indie route, they mm-hmm. do the traditional publishing route. I'm completely fine with whatever works, whatever you want yeah. to do at that moment. And that, that could be project by project that you make that decision, which is a beautiful Absolutely. place to be right now. You know, it that's, is. That's a, we're in a really good spot <laughs> in the publishing world yeah. right now being able to do that. Um, I, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I only laughed at, at at what you were saying because I'm an entrepreneur and have been for many years. So when you talk about control, I'm like, yeah, um, there's a reason why I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Same. I'm an entrepreneur as well. And I just, you know, I just couldn't hold a normal job anymore. I just couldn't do it. I want control of everything. And I decided that I guess that's okay. <laughs> Well, I, I like figuring things out, and I like being able to find the people who can do it better and more efficiently than I can and hire them to do it. I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yes, it's very true. It's not as if I have to do everything on my own. I guess right. I just want to pick and choose who I work with. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because life's short. So mm-hmm. tell everybody tell everybody your uh, website. Okay, so it's loganmiel.com. Miel is spelled M-I-E-H-L. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> almost confusing. It doesn't really need to be, but it can be confusing. So that's that's where you'll find me everywhere, on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, whatever, is Logan Miel. 
Okay, and Twitter too? Yes, Twitter too. Okay. Yeah. Well, Logan, thank you so much for being with me here on Back Porch Writer. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. <laughs> Have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, you need to go over to Amazon.com and look for Logan's book. It is The Unlikely Bride. Give her some review love. You know, if you like the book, let her know. Be honest. That's all you have to do. It's all we ever ask as indie authors. Be honest. Be kind, but be honest. So I want to thank you for joining me here on Backport Trier, the show for writers about writers and writing. I'm your host, Cord Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. <laughs>